Welcome aboard One Last Voyage. Yours, that is, on the Death Ship. <laughs> Okay, everybody, this is Case. And this is Carrie. I thought you were going to say this is Case as well. <laughs> Guys, we are at episode 17, the very first episode of June already, Carrie. I know. We are going to talk about Ghost Ship. Nope. Wrong. Wrong. It is Death Ship. Death Ship. Glunk, 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 glunk. The Death Ship is slowly approaching you. Guess you better just move out of the way to approach this really slow death ship. <laughs> this death ship will save you only to kill you. Um, I'm not following your line of thinking, but guys, this episode, we decided to call this after Sir Richard Crenna. <laughs> Every person that I love that's not knighted, I just give them the knighting title. No, this, this episode is called Richard Crenna's Gaze Cuts Through My Soul because... He's a little quiet man crush I've had over the past 30 plus years. Um, guys, just to, to open this one out, uh, we were thinking about having a whole haunted ship month. And then we realized that we'd rather have like a beach month. And we'll we'll get into the beach month a little bit later. I've got some info for everybody that's listening. But um, yeah, Death Ship. Uh, last week, if you were listening to us or with us or along with us. Um, we were talking about in uh, episode 16, the descent and I'm sure a lot of you were, might've been a little bit miffed with us for not liking this one as much as you do. And we used to like it a lot more 15 years ago, um, or whatever, but, uh, it just didn't age for us as well. I guess our, our tastes tend to change, change and devolve. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, guys, you can find us on Linktree um at dime for midnight you can take rss um that link tree link it's in both of our social handles dfm mail wolf you can find that handle at twitter or uh, insta a uh, little friendly reminder about our patreon ghoul tier for four bucks a month um you can give us an audio clip and school us and we'll do a whole episode of your choosing um carrie we're gonna move right along okay. um we are going to talk about after I thank you, Carl Casey, a wipeout audio. See, Carrie's giving me the gaze like you're forget you're forgetting one more thing. Carl Casey, man. Uh we're going to continue on with your video drone track, which we absolutely love and we started using last episode. Um always appreciate that those uh free copyright free synth songs. So another killer. Um the movie poster and tagline. You know, guys, Death Ship is a long line of late 70s early 80s movies that want to really take hold of the jaws mania and make you feel that this is a living breathing monster of a ship and that's kind of what separates at least the way they shot this movie from other haunted ship movies on the actual ghost ship from the 90s the one that i keep calling and I won't say that you keep calling. I'll take the blame for all this for keep calling a ghost, uh, ghost ship. Um, I was going to call it ghost thick, 
this ghost is thick. Look at that ghost cake. Um, but on the poster carry, I the poster carries on the atmosphere from the film. Yeah. It's a great introduction. It's a great get to know you because I know um, our favorite horror host says atmosphere is another way of saying you don't like the movie. You just like the look mm-hmm. of the movie. And um, But no, I, I do think there are movies that Will I go back to them a million times? No. But did in that moment that I enjoy a very moody, atmospheric, even if I thought parts of it were a little hammy or overdone? No, but there's still, you can enjoy the ambience. So I'm going to have to respectfully disagree with Joe Bob. I can enjoy a movie off of atmosphere alone. I was just going to say that. And yeah. I really love atmospheric movies. I love the buildup to the movies, I guess. Yeah. You know. This one doesn't have buildup. This one I love. So reeling it back in, pun intended, reeling it back in. There's no fishing in Death I was Ship. I um, but didn't hit a fish. That, well, you know, guys, I'm going to be coming up with my own kind of short story uh, that's going to come out after Carrie's last pub crawl. And I'm thinking it's going to be about some kind of exploitation pontoon story. But uh, anyways, getting off track, the tagline on this poster is those who survive the ghost ship are better off dead. And really, that's the best one I can think of. Um, I'm accidentally was a dingus and I left the quotes on from the descent on our episode guide, Carrie. Um, So. Carrie, look up the, um, if you don't mind, some other taglines. And we'll come back to the taglines once I uh, am done talking about physical media and streaming for death, excuse me, for death ship. Uh, unlike movies like The Descent, Carrie, with the physical media, um, the DVDs cost a lot of money for death ship. Not the Blu-rays. This is another instance where the Blu-ray is cheaper and it's getting a little eensy bit harder and more expensive to find the regular good old regular DVD. I said regular too many times, which is highly irregular. But um, yeah, it's like $29 to $40 for a DVD of Death Ship, Gary. The Blu-ray is only 20 bucks. I, I was really expecting this to be like a 10 to $14 Blu-ray, something like that. Um, streaming guys, if you got a shutter subscription, you'd be happy. Even if you don't, you can get this one on Tubi for free and it is playing on Amazon prime. So you've got two platforms where you can watch this for free streaming. Um, if you are a haunted ship or ship horror subgenre fan, you're going to have to dish out a little bit more than maybe you originally thought for this one. Uh, Carrie, I'm checking back in with you on the ghost ship taglines. I mean the death ship taglines. What in the living hell is on board? (laughs) Sounds like when your parents are yelling at you, Richard Crenna and George Kennedy, what are you doing on this ship? And then you read the one that's actually on the poster. Yes, yeah. Those who survive the ghost ship are better off dead. And oh, by the way, they use the words ghost ship on the poster tagline, yeah. which yeah. is effing me up yeah. even more <laughs> to keep calling it ghost ship. Okay. okay. This might be my favorite one. I like how death ship is, doesn't even look like blood. It looks like somebody graffitied the poster death ship. Out of a sea of endless terror. 
into a world of eternal damnation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Are you like, is this like a 1983 Dio concert? I get it. Damnation. <laughs> You're like singing the taglines. Uh, and then the, the thing about this poster too, Carrie, is that again, to my point about the Jaws mania of the time, there's that 10 year period from like 75 to 85 or whatever, where everybody wanted to turn the look of a ship into a monster itself. So this has got, it's got one part like jawed mouth, but it's, you know, the front of it's made to look like a skeleton, a skull. Even though in the actual movie, it does not appear that way. The death ship is very bright on the poster compared to the painted black ship, the painted black Nazi ship. Yes. So here's the last one. Interesting that they didn't promote the Nazi element on this poster whatsoever. Well, why would they? Because there's a lot of great World War II movies that use that insignia. They yeah. use that, or at least the that eagle on top that of the banister. Wasn't the main focus. Um, it was a survival. Pretty good reason why lots of people die. <laughs> so there is no, survival. there is no death ship without the Nazi factor, the yeah. haunted Nazi factor. Okay, Sorry. Here's, here's the last tagline. Yeah. It's not just a ship. It's a killing machine. <laughs> I like that one because all of the mechanisms, the the engineering part of the ship, the the engine, the um, just the manual, all the parts of a ship play a part uh, in the deaths. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, I could go on and on about why I love that tagline, but um, we talked about the physical media, so I'm gonna. You can argue, uh, though, that this is also a possession movie, too. Oh, yes. I mean, it could be called Possessorship. Yeah, it could. <laughs> uh, Nazi Possession. Uh, there's so many. Uh, but Death Ship just rolls off the tongue nicely. I mean, they if they wanted it to be more exploitation title, torture it could ship. have been Nazi Death Ship. Or it could have been Torture Ship. Gestapo, Gestapo Ship. That would have been cool too. But anyways, I feel like anytime somebody uses SS or Gestapo or Nazi in a movie title, you're grabbing people's attention, especially in horror. Yeah. There's such a run on World War II and zombies or anything related to horror in World War II. Feels like we've got like some werewolf World War II, satanic World War II. Let's see a vampire World War II. I'm going to have to come back to you on that. It, it absolutely does exist. Um, Cast and creators, we all come to death. We all hop on board the death ship for Richard Crenna and George Kennedy. Okay. Richard Crenna. Crenna. <laughs> See, I combine. I'm shipping George Kennedy and Richard Krenner. Krenner. <laughs> I can't even say my man's and last you're name. You're not even drinking. I'm drinking a good old Dr. Peppa and, and, <laughs> and cream soda. Seriously. What? You haven't been drinking. I know. See, I need to drink to sober up. And who's the one that's drinking? That's right. Uh-huh. Yeah, you've got it going on this episode. I can't even English, folks. What? Yeah, you got it going on in this episode. Wow. See, the picture, you know what's happening is my mind is being infiltrated by Nazi ghosts and slowly taking over my brain, just like Arthur Nope, not Arthur Kennedy. That was in the Manchester morgue. We're talking George Kennedy. It just gets worse and worse from here, folks. 
Um, Nick Mancuso plays Nick. How creative. <laughs> Sally Hanos plays Margaret Marshall. Kate Reed as Sylvia Morgan. Victoria. 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 <laughs> Thank you for saying that. She was pretty sexy in this movie. Um, me likey, Victoria. <laughs> uh, Jennifer McKinney, the, crin- the cringy Chad part of me's back again. Jennifer McKinney, Robin Marshall. Um, Danny Higgum as Ben Marshall. By the way, what was with the quirk of Danny's character of always having to pee all the time? What was that all about? <laughs> they really. Know, there was like this running rib joke between the two of them where like women. Oh, yes, women, men, yes. The battle of the sexes between the brother and the sister. Um, Very unappreciated, I think, performance by Saul Rubinek as Jackie, who was like the ship host to begin with. And we'll get uh, talking a little bit about this casting characters later. Um, Can't forget to mention Murray Crutchley as Parsons. And I'm going to talk about the director, Carrie. Okay. Okay. Alvin Rakoff. Okay. We're going to start off by noting that this guy has done hundreds, at least, of you know stage, television, and film production. He's been in work for over nine or ten decades, Carrie. Wow. And the guy's still kicking. That's awesome. Okay. He is a two-time Emmy Award-winning director. He worked with the likes of, for you horror fans, Donald Pleasance. He worked with greats like... Judy Dench, Henry Fonda, Richard Harris, Lawrence Olivier, okay, Peter Sellers. Um, of course, Michael Caine is another big name that he worked with. Uh, he's also a big-time novel writer, a screenplay writer, um, musicals. Uh, this guy, this is the one thing that stuck out to me. There's a great article in The Hollywood Reporter from about three years ago or so. He is the guy in the movie. He gave Sean Connery his first leading role and Requiem for a Heavyweight. Wow. But it was not his idea. It was his wife's idea. So, guys, listen to your wife. When she's leering at men, there might be some money to be made off of that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, Alvin Rakoff, you know, First, he started off like a lot of them do as a drama student. Um, you know, he also worked with the likes of uh, Ava Gardner, Rex Harrison, Roger Moore, Rod Steger, Shelley Winters. I, when I researched him, I thought, why have I not thought of him over the history of my film education? This guy has worked with the greats. He helped some of the greats get their start. And he's an Emmy Award winning guy. And it's just not somebody that you think of. His name doesn't come up as one of the greats. And he really has done a little bit of everything across 10 decades. Like this guy, if he, you had somebody of his talent today, they could write, produce, direct, cast. But like, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of T. West. Yeah. He reminds me of like a more seasoned prolific t west like if t west keeps on the trajectory that he's on now mm-hmm. he would have a very much like an alvin rakoff type of career yeah um just a guy that's had his hands in every part of entertainment and now i gotta give alvin rakoff his due t west isn't into stage productions and and musicals yeah. and all that kind of stuff however he did start doing that a little bit with pearl 
Okay, we got a little bit more than just a horror movie with Pearl. Um, Jake uh, had mentioned to me that very much feels like a stage performance that you're watching. Which I do love those kind of movies. Yeah, I'm going to talk, when I move on to cast, I'm going to talk Richard Crenna. Because that's who we named the episode after, Carrie. Um, everybody knows him for his Rambo role as Troutman. Uh, and also a character in the parody of Rambo, Hot Shots with Charlie Sheen. I actually went to the movie theater to see that. To see Hot Shots? Yes. Yeah. I think it was part due was the one I yes. remember. Um, he was in the great cop movie Internal Affairs and the World War Three TV movie by Dawn's Early Light. Um, if you're somebody like me, you like those apocalyptic movies. That's another one to watch. I would pair that up with like the day after. Um, hell, watch it with Red Dawn. Even <laughs> I'll watch anything with Red Dawn. Uh, really, Richard Crenna's career carry spans since like the early fifties. Oh. Yes. Yeah, he was in one of my favorite movies. Oh, uh, yeah, I know. You, you, you mean the Audrey Hepburn movie? I'm getting to that. Actually, I'll let you have that one. But as, as soon as we get past some of his early, early oh, stuff, dad. your dad, Carrie, a lot of a lot of our dads from the boomer generation know somebody like Richard Crenna from shows like Frontier or Cheyenne. Yeah. Okay, he was in The Real McCoys, all of those Western or Frontier type shows. Um, moved into the 60s, Carrie, with... Uh, excuse me, movies like, um, TV movies like Sally or star, excuse me, star is not a TV movie or like the, um, what was the one that I was going to mention? Um, the deputy, um, but Carrie, there's one that I know you're chomping on the bit to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's that Audrey Hepburn movie from 1967? It's my favorite Audrey Hepburn. Yes. Wait until dark. That's a good one. Yes, it is. Um, other great movies like Midas Run, Red Sky at Morning, Cat Lau. Um, for horror fans, thinking about, okay, what else did Richard Crenna do in horror? You might remember him for his role in The Evil, which is kind of like, I call it like um, a mix of The Conjuring and The Changeling. Uh, the Evil uh, plays a character named C.J. Arnold. A bearded Richard Crenna with uh, a turtleneck. He really loves wearing turtlenecks, by the way. I'm going to go as Richard Crenna in a turtleneck for Halloween. <laughs> um, actually, I should I should go as a body bag <laughs> because the body bag line. That didn't make any sense. So The Devil Dog. That's a TV movie that I remember as a kid. A dog gets possessed by the devil or by a demon. Um, so he's got a role in that TV movie. Um, we're leading up to Rambo time now. Like he did Rambo a few projects after death ship carry, um, talking about another guy here, we've got George Kennedy. What's the first movie you think of when you think of George Kennedy? Cool hand Luke. Exactly. His drag line. Yeah. And lots of movies. Like he did a couple Clint East movies like the Iger sanctioned Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Speaking of parody movies, he was in the naked gun <laughs> movies good, yeah. as Hawken or captain Ed Hawken. And, yeah. and, uh, I think his character goes from captain to being I demoted. Just, yeah. I, uh, I think so. Likes yeah. Starring alongside OJ Simpson. Um, Carrie, we're going to move right along to and it really oh my god if you want to talk about richard crenna having a career 
George Kennedy's career is massive. And he went well into the 2010s. Um, I mean, I can't even, I could spend 30 minutes just talking about George Kennedy's career. We're going to move right along, Carrie, to favorite non-lead character. And this is an interesting movie because does this movie have a lead, Carrie? Doesn't feel like it. Barely. I feel like if anything, there are two leads. <laughs> I caught I caught the soda midair. I really did. I no. Wait, let's be. This is. We've got spillage. Lick it up. Oh, 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 oh yeah. As I was saying. Don't want to wait till you know me better. Sorry, you start. You started it with the kiss song. You done? Okay, go. There are two pretty much lead roles. One being Captain Ashland and the other one being Richard Crenna. Yeah. Those, I would argue, are the two leads. And they're kind of like fighting for the same position. Although Richard Crenna... That like, sounds hot. <laughs> <laughs> this is the fuck you stare. Yeah. I interrupted you with that. You're welcome. Okay, go on. So, other than them, who's your favorite non-lead character? I mentioned her earlier, and I love her scene in the shower. And no, not for naked reasons. Okay, a little bit for naked reasons. A lot for naked reasons. Well, you know, she was hanging out with Nick Mancuso's character. Can you guess his name, folks? Nick. Nick. (laughs) Uh, Why didn't they give him a last name? He was like the second in command or something like that. No, 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 uh-uh. No. No, Richard Crenna was second in command, remember? Right, but he was going to be the next second in command. <laughs> You're right. Uh-uh. Second in command on the ship, first in command with Victoria Berg- Burgoyne. <laughs> I can't even talk. Oh, my God. But, no, her Lori character, I thought, had one of the best moments that was not a death, and that was her complete freak out in the shower stall like she's locked in and it starts spraying blood and she's just going absolutely crazy and you and i were laughing or i was laughing real i'm like you know it's just blood like you could just stand there and say "Ooh, this is gross why the freak out what was up with the freak out i I mean i guess if our showers started spurting blood i did a little (laughs) research they told her it was going to be real blood even though it wasn't so that might have been to get the reaction that they got, maybe that's why, because she thought it was real blood. Dang. Well, I'll tell you, Victoria, I, her and her agents loved that scene so much that, that they used that as her profile pick on yeah. IMDb. Um, but yeah, so that so that I'm gonna go with her, um, just because I thought that she was very. She went from very sultry completely freaked uh and i just thought out of everybody there she probably had the widest range going for her i think she was the one character that knew she was in a horror movie she also was very uh vulnerable whenever he tells her i love you Mm -hmm. and she said if you told me that a week ago i would have said no but she said maybe now maybe a little Hmm, I like that. That's a nice little moment there. Yeah. Um, moving right along, the oh, favorite. So I oh, oh. I am favorite. so sorry. sorry. 
Sorry, I told you it's the Nazis trying to get into my mind here. They're starting to take over, so I can't think straight. They're sa- I want that Dr. Pepper. <laughs> Give me that Dr. Pepper. Octone. So, I, I actually think I really enjoyed uh, Danny, who played the son. The whole bathroom bit. <laughs> Is that because it reminds you of our son? Yes, and the running off and exploring. It's like zombie toots. You're supposed to be going to the bathroom. And then when he's not supposed to be going to the bathroom is when he decides to go to the bathroom. And he's exploring. Like he just runs I thought you were going to be saying he's exploring while he's peeing. I was going to say accurate. <laughs> well, yeah, that was accurate. Um, I got to tell you some moments he and I had as father and father and son outings or moments like him discovering that he can pee somewhere other than a toilet outside. <laughs> that's that's what that reminds me of when I think of that character. Yeah, it's just I, the mischievous side of. And our daughter is like, why can't I do that? Like, <laughs> you no, know, you don't even understand, girl. It's not really possible. Yes. So, any other thoughts, Carrie, about favorite non-Lee character? I said Danny. But any other thoughts? Well, he brought... Because as soon as I move in, you're going to say, I wasn't finished. Oh. (laughs) You do it to me every time. He brought the comedic relief. (laughs) Ha (laughs) ha. I do have to say the man-woman thing was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. Okay, so now am I allowed to move on to favorite death and effects? Yeah, well, it's your turn to go first, so take that. Mm. So my favorite death was actually Sylvia, the older lady who is widowed. Okay? (laughs) Poor, I mean, her husband just died, and she decides, I'm going to go on this cruise anyways. I'm not grieving. He would have wanted me to go. Yeah. And plus, then she was super judgy of everybody else on the ship in the beginning. However, she ends up being one of the survivors. And she's trying to take care of the captain, who Mm -hmm. is obviously very hurt. And then she finds these peppermints, (laughs) or so she thinks they are. Incense and peppermint on the Nazi ship. (laughs) They are poison. Yeah. Every time I talk to somebody about Death Ship, everybody's like, "Who fucking eats those jar of peppermints? Who does that?" Do you want to eat the forty? You want to eat the forty-plus-year-old jar of peppermints? I know. I mean, I guess if your blood sugar is low, you'd be desperate. Shit, and none of those goddamn yeah. Nazis had the poison peppermints. Yeah, although at that point they hadn't explored enough to know that it was a torture ship. To be true, <laughs> this is the. This death ship has Hitler's maniacal ideas written all over it. I'm gonna, I'm going to distract everybody with the uh, stuff that kills up top, but really, it's the peppermints. <laughs> it's down to the yeah, peppermints. The peppermints. I mean, it gives her like bulls her face, and like, and it takes a little while to take effect. We're talking like probably thirty minutes. Who's in the Who's in the meeting saying? Hey, let's make the peppermints make your face boil up. Yeah. <laughs> who came up with that idea? And then she <coughs> gets strangled by the captain who, at this point, has become possessed. Yeah, he's like a Nazi captain at this yeah. point. Yeah. I like that just because it's so offbeat and weird. It's such a weird way. Like, in the series of events leading to her die and just, like, the curiosity... And you know what? If you were on a ship, you'd be like, and you were in that situation, you were starving, you might say, 
oh, thank God I found something. Something, yeah, to hold to settle my Because, I mean, that jar looked airtight. I mean, what's wrong with peppermints, guys? Peppermints do calm the stomach. I don't know. Freaking poison peppermints. So I'm going to go with Saul Rubinick's character when he's hoisted way up high and dropped. Um, but I'm going to say, though, that the captain's death with his arm going into the gears of the yeah. ship is probably the goriest part of this it movie. Is. Pardon me, that's um, light on kills. This movie's very light on death. I was very confused by the two of the kills. What 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 were you confused by? The whole <laughs> Nick, scene. Nick, Nick 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 getting Nick and Lori basically. Okay. The whole shower scene. Okay, I get it. That would freak you out. You can't open i think the freak out is more deserved because you can't open the door yeah nick in the in the cage the catch cage no this is Lori. the naked time this is the naked time okay the one where she's in the shower no but i, I thought you were moving on to nick's i will so that crabby much <laughs> listen i don't understand how somebody could pass out because there's just supposedly blood coming out. I mean, it's not filling up. Was that glass door? Was it a glass door? It was a glass door. Was it from Florida ceiling? Did she run out of oxygen? No. I guess she would die if she ran out of oxygen, yeah. not just like, oh, I'm going to pass out. There's no oxygen. I'm going to take a nap yeah. forever. I mean, you passed out and you're so passed out that somebody's able to drag your body to the top. But, okay, have you ever passed out? I will tell you, somebody's passed out about three times in my life. It feels like ages. It's either it feels like a minute passed and you've been out for a while, or you feel like you've been out for a while and only a minute passed. You don't. There's no sense of time whenever you're passed out. It's. I have heard from people that have near death experiences that it a lot of the times it feels like you just, you've just passed out. Yeah, I mean, of course, when I you mean, die, you don't I, come back. But I mean, I've been close to passing out. Maybe. But I've caught myself and I've held on and didn't actually pass out. Hold on for one more day. So, but then coming to Nick's character. Don't you know the blood is coming down through the shower drain if you just hold on for one more day. Break free of the shower. Yes, sorry, go. Nick's dad. Can you explain to me how they get to a point where he's in the movie room and he's <laughs> Freak, doing that they're freaking out. they're freaking out because the movie's rolling even though the uh, projector's been destroyed yeah so he's freaking out he's doing this weird, weird uh, freak out. he's ripping everything yeah and next thing you know he's on top of the ship mm -hmm. he falls into the basic pit of doom yeah, Whatever with all the it. all the mangled corpses yeah. and nasty bones and everything yeah. like that. And he's continuing his freak out. But how did he get to the top of the ship? And then he just gets snapped. I don't think he would know. He was completely taken over with um, Is it uh, just scared shitless. The, the pos ship? possession of the ship scared shitless. Just going, him going mad. Don't forget there's a whole part of this where they haven't eaten. There's no barely any clean water. Okay, there is the the thing that's not mentioned often with this movie of them slowly going mad on the death ship. The possession can also be part of them just going crazy. Yeah, I guess. How is this happening? How is this ship moving? How is this movie playing? What's going on with our captain? Why are why are the engine turbines going on their on their own? No, there's no one on board. Yeah, no, this ship is a living haunted ship. It's not 
it's the only ghost is the one that possesses George Kennedy's character. Everything else, it's like, okay, there's ghosts. It really, it's almost like the fog if you didn't see the ghost. Like, there's things happening being controlled by the fog. And this one that's just, you just have to assume there's a ghost making the engines turn on. There's a ghost behind that but there's almost like poltergeist stuff going on because like the projectors the movie's still playing even though the projector that's not like just a ghost's hand making that happen that's like other forces like you said the ghost possession of george kennedy the nazi ghost there's a lot of dead bodies which is very unique because that just goes to show you that i guess in any horror movie i mean you can write your own rules where it doesn't have to be a demon that possesses you you can be taken over by a ghost or a poltergeist. Um, I mean, did the Nazis, did the terrible Nazis that died, did they automatically get get appointed or promoted to demon status? Um, Probably. Moving right along, Carrie, to favorite dialogue or quote. And I'm going to start because it's actually one of my favorite moments <coughs> is actually before the death ship ever crashes into their merry little costume cruise. Um, it's George Kennedy's character, and he's sitting there after um, the hosts introduce him, and he's absolutely had it. The, his career is winding down. It's almost at a close. He is not thrilled at all with how his career has ended. He's sitting there with Richard Crenna and his family reflecting and like completely dejected, and he's had it with these bullshit cruises. Yeah. And he's like, he says, uh, he he's talking to Richard Krenner. And he says, "Maybe you'll get used to all this." And all the kids and the wife are like, "Okay, this guy, he's done." He's like, "I never did cruising around in endless circles." Blue rinse. Ladies repeating, "Have a nice day," over and over again, and then having to have dinner with them so that they can go back to Akron or Toronto or wherever and say that they ate with the captain. This is kind of a boomer thing. I see pictures of people I know on Facebook of like the 33rd picture of them on a cruise with the captain. We ate with the captain tonight. That was a thing in the yeah. 70s and 80s and 90s. Like, hey, we're at the captain's table. Yeah. Ooh. Hey, you want to know what captain I ate with, Gary? Long John Silver. <laughs> I'm gonna go. You know what? We should have. We should have. God damn it, Carrie. We should have recorded live from a Long John Silver's for this episode to say that we ate at a captain's table. <laughs> what is wrong with us? We are not doing our podcast duty by recording Death Ship at a Long John Silver's. We have failed you, dear listener. I am sorry for that. I don't think there's any near us. <laughs> Listeners are Long John Silver's. <laughs> 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 no don't spit don't out the wine i know from i know from our rss analytics that there are listeners there's listeners somewhere within our tri-state area um so carrie what about you yours is a little less long-winded than mine without a long john silver spilled attack on at the end i know you have something to say about long john silvers here let's say it it's it's a ship episode why not it's relevant my favorite part of long john silvers Of the food. Let's be clear. <laughs> Long John Silver's burned to the ground. I have to ask crispy parts. 
Hey, listen, I, I know what you're talking about. Man, I'm just I messing with you. Ask for the extra crispies. <laughs> there's a, there's a, uh, there's like a cannibal Long John Silver story to be had here. Give us the extra crispy meats. <laughs> hey, how about when they combine with A&W? Uh, that, was that, a, that was a win for fast college. food fans. We had that at college. I haven't had that in a really long time. And, and you took me there, and I was like so excited. Dude, you're so easy. <laughs> it's so easy to be married to you because you're like, yeah, Long John Silver. A&W, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> going to be getting some tonight <laughs> no no but no <laughs> that's right i'm so bloated it's too much food let's just lay here and watch a movie it's pretty much like a third of our marriage <laughs> let's just watch movies it's a good thought but let's watch a movie um so oh you know what you know you know what made and it's no longer there you know what made the lawn john slash A&W romantic was that they had a jukebox there. That's right. They did. And I remember sitting down with you in college, listening while other kids were out partying. We were sitting at a Long John Silver's <laughs> in our sweatpants. And we we played like uh songs from the sixties like um You Really Got Me yeah. stuff from Beatles. uh yeah be- what? <laughs> the Beatles? I think you said the Beagles. <laughs> that is a cool band name though, the Beagles. Let's start our own band. Oh, wait. We can't sing. Mm. Lick it up. (laughs) I would just cough every song. (laughs) Be like, God damn it, Case. You coughed again. Take 37. If I spill this wine. Spill wine. Take that girl. Back to the quote. I see the bathroom on the right. You want to tell that story? Maybe another time. Okay. Let's save that for another time. We're going to have DFM jukebox hits, and it's not going to be the song you think it is, because a lot of people in our family don't know the lyrics to a lot of the songs. They just make up their own. Isn't that right, Mustang Sally? <laughs> Everybody abandoned me. Mm-hmm. There's a karaoke. It's not Japanese. Karaoke story. <laughs> With Carrie singing Mustang Sally. Everybody abandoned me. And your dad was just randomly saying things on the mic. People thought he had Tourette's. So. It was terrible. Although he was miserable. He was so sick. I know. He was not feeling good. Yeah. But um, Tourette's and Mustang Sally. Yeah. So give this one a rating, Carrie. What do you rate Death Ship? Oh, excuse me. You need to do your quote yet. Well, listen, you got distracted by the extra crispies at Long John. You know what other you know what other Captain Captain movie Jesus Captain Picard. So my favorite quote is a very simple one. Long dong silver means the death ship. <laughs> Are you done? No, not even close, man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> I think all the sun this weekend is making me delirious. So we're Trevor. Trevor. <laughs> Yes, this is a really bad death ship. Honey, let's get off this death ship. Okay. Is that who Trevor is on death ship? <laughs> He's your own fictitious character. So, Marshall. Gilligan's Island meets the death ship. Marshall says, where do you plan to sell her? Captain Ashland says, into eternity, Marshall. <laughs> did you say, eternity. did you say, who plans to sell her? pretty sure you said sell her i'm gonna sell her into eternity <laughs> gonna get a lot of residuals with that sale 
And with that note, folks. Moving on. That's why I love when you drink because you laugh at every stupid thing that I say. Uh, <clears throat> oops, hit the mic. Oops, hit it again. <laughs> <laughs> You're not drinking. I know. You're just laughing uncontrollably and I'm the one spilling my soda. So, Carrie, what do we give this quick, efficient, and atmospheric death ship with some hammy acting on the side? I gave this a three. Yeah, we're in. It's, sol- it's a solid movie. I it does nothing it. wrong in no, my eyes, I really. I enjoyed the atmosphere. I got a little confused about those two deaths. <laughs> like, mm, how did we get from point A to point yeah, B? Yeah, that's where the hammy acting comes in. It's like, wait a second. Let's distract you from the fact that this movie is light on kills with some of the ridiculous over-the-top acting. Yeah. Um, this is a drive-in movie. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Turn your brain off kind of movie. Yeah. Um, I'm in agreement with you. It's a three out of five, which, guys, that means the overall DFM rating. Yeah, you did the math just like us. Three out of five flamethrowers. Guys, this movie, yes, if you're looking for the perfect horror movie um, on a ship, it's not going to be perfect. You're going to have to put up with the hammy acting. You're going to want to sit back, turn your brain off, enjoy the atmosphere, enjoy seeing George Kennedy and Richard Crenna in a horror movie. Enjoy the hammy acting, the quirkiness. Very quirky movie, light on kills. Um, yeah, it's just, you know what? It really is just a solid horror movie. And you know, at 87 minutes, it's not going to take up a lot of your time. And it, it, and it happens. It's succinct. It happens fast. <laughs> the death ship comes out of nowhere. Can we, can we just say, though, like, why are there only, like, seven survivors, seven or nine survivors? <laughs> it's just like, forget about the rest of those I people. Mean, they're, no, they're not on the death ship. They just drown. See you, guys. <laughs> yeah. Or are they just floating around in, like, lifeboats? Because lifeboats would have had to have X amount of number. There's a whole other group in the death ship multiverse. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> where they're, where they're they made next. no no uh-uh they're on death island <laughs> okay island. they're on the death pontoon and some another little group went over here and they're on the death peninsula <laughs> and somebody were on the death buoy <laughs> did they run into anthropophagus anthropophagus yeah uh yeah they, wait a second they weren't anywhere near that part of the world it's like hey guys i'm, I'm going i'm all the way in the mediterranean can anybody help me now there's this guy that's trying to eat me from underwater. It could have been a, you know, Bermuda Triangle that transported them magically. There's a wormhole in the Bermuda Triangle that transported them to the island of Anthropophagus. So, um, no, no Anthropophagus. Although a death ship meets Anthropophagus would be cool. So, guys, we're going to close this out. Um, Carrie, let's talk about some other notable movies on or under the water, and we're going to rank them. And you know what my favorite Okay, but this is like, you know, the official DFM ranking for right now, and we reserve the right to change our minds later. We will change our minds later. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to do the DFM, and Carrie's going to comment as I rank these. The top 10 notable horror movies on or under the water or having to deal with ships I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Don't you ever forget. <laughs> um, with T-Pain. Uh, number 10 is the Vampires on a Boat movie. And no, 
We're not talking about the one that's coming up this August, which I'm very excited for, which yeah. is The Voyage of the Demeter, which is my favorite chapter out of Bram Stoker's novel. Um, no, this is called Blood Vessel, which is also Nazis. Yes, it is. And we enjoyed that movie. Solid. That would probably get a three out of five for me. Um, the next one is Ghost Ship, the late 90s one. Okay. Number eight. And I gave this one a special one because it's number eight. I'm going with Friday the 13th Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, also known as F-13 Part 8, Jason's on a mini cruise. Um, And apparently Crystal Lake empties out into the ocean or something like that, or the Hudson. I don't know. Number seven, Anaconda, which is such a fun movie. Our kids love Anaconda. Um, They were so grossed out by the by john voigt getting regurgitated yeah that was they were like ew hey guys we really like death ship so for now it's it's middle of the pack at number six we've got death ship this is if you've said i've never watched a haunted ship movie watch death ship it ranks up there i think carrie the next one is it a ship movie per se no but does it involve a water area doesn't involve boats. The Which boats one? are very key. Which one? I'm going with the original, the original Cape Fear. Yeah. Okay, yes, if we were doing a top 20, the Cape Fear remake with De Niro, Scorsese, Nick Nolte, uh, what, Juliet Lewis, um, the daughter, right? That's her name, correct? Yes. Um, what's the wife's name? And I'm so terrible because she's awesome in it she's too. Awesome. Uh, she was in King Kong 1976. Yeah. Moving right along while we go past our mistake. Number four, The Abyss. I feel like that needs to be higher. Okay, well, this is the DFM ranking. Number three, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I feel like those need to be reversed. Fine. Number two is Jaws, and number one is The Fog. So okay. clearly, Carrie, you want The Abyss to be at number three. Is that your only change? Yeah. Okay. Switch a Maru, guys. We're, we're moving the abyss up to number three. It's such a good movie. Listen, it's got Michael Bean in it. Yes, okay. It's long. Yes, it's long and yes, it's slow. But in the end, the ending, it makes it so worth it. What are we talking about? Yes. <laughs> oh, you said it was long and slow and, and it's worth it. Honorable mention, guys. And I'm doing this because we haven't watched all of these, meaning I haven't watched one or Carrie hasn't watched one. Honorable mention to Jaws 2, which I still think that's a great continuation sequel. King Kong 1976, which I just brought up. Uh, yeah. Um, the Raft segment from Creepshow 2 is another haunted water. Jaws 3D, I don't think you've watched, Carrie. No, that's that's a great one. It. No, you can watch it without. It's, okay. like, it's like Friday the 13th 3D okay. where you don't have to watch it in okay. 3D. And, of course, it's one of those 3Ds from the 80s that's like, no, I don't need to see this piece of equipment coming at the screen. But very fun and cheesy one. Um, the Leviathan, which is also another Richard Crenna movie. And Deep Star Six. And, again, that doesn't make our top ten because neither one of us um, or either one of us haven't watched all of these. So, um, oh, the male wolf's here, Carrie. Um, okay, male wolf tells me. Uh, he's got a reminder for us guys that, um, coming up in July, just about a month or so from now, Carrie, we've got the beach party bonfires and blood month here at DFM. Uh, we are going to be recording during this month from ocean isle beach in north carolina so we are going to on episode 21, we're skipping ahead a little bit. Like I said, about four or five weeks from now, guys, we've got 
The Lost Boys on July 7th, followed up by Shudder's The Beach House, which is a very Cronenberg-like movie on Friday 7-14, followed up by the classic werewolf movie, yes, on 7-21, and ending with John Saxon, I can't even say people's names today, John Saxon, and Monsters That Suck You Into the Beach. Uh, with Blood Beach on 728. So we've got a whole bloody beaches. And yes, bonfires are a part of it. You will see multiple bonfires throughout that month. Um, guys, that about wraps it up for us. Uh, we are at intermission time. So in closing, um, we just want to say thank you for everybody who's listened to us. Um, we are very excited. Uh, for our next episode, episode 18, um, which we are going to be talking about, uh, if I'm correct, Carrie, the um, Watcher. Yes. I had to think for a second because I know we've got mm, Ghostkeeper and Rear Window. Yeah. So we've got two out of the next. It's your birthday month. And we've got a couple of your specific picks that you yeah. wanted to have for June. So, um Yeah. Guys, hope you enjoyed our little review of Death Ship. Uh, next week is the oh, extremely atmospheric, extremely creepy stalker serial killer movie, Watcher, with the great modern classic horror scream queen, Micah Monroe. Yeah. You know her from... It Follows. It Follows. The Guest. There's some other ones out there I can't think off the top of my head. But yeah, guys, July, Beach Party Bonfires and Blood Month, and we've even got our own surf horror rock theme to go with it. So love you guys. See ya for uh, Horror Etc., where we are going to talk ghostly ship poetry or haunted waters poetry. You get the gist. There's going to be water. There's going to be ship. There's going to be ghosts and hauntings. We're going to read some works by some other authors. Love you guys. See you for segment two. Ciao. With mustard and relish, you'll guarantee mouth-watering satisfaction. Mmm. And now he slips his costume on a beautiful golden bun. There's his cue wait, wait. to go out on stage. He's the natural. He's the rage. Meet this person at a feed our refreshment counter. Treat the family. The big ship foundered on the rocks, but the crew all got ashore. Then fearless Fred dived in again and swam toward the wreck once more. You'll never make it! The waves are too high! But he made it back to land. I had to return to the ship. He explained. For my toddy, the chocolate drink that's just grand. Toddy does taste grand. At the snack bar or at your car. During intermission, enjoy a toddy. The delicious chocolate drink in a can. Ice cold or steaming hot, Toddy hits the spot with everybody. See how much better that popcorn or those hot dogs taste with Toddy. Mmm, delicious. Okay, everybody, we are back for Horror Etc., where we're going to be reading works from multiple authors. The poetry subject? Ships, seas, and anything that is haunted near or on the water or in the water. Or old wives' tales about haunted happenings that will 
get you wet. <laughs> um, that didn't sound right. <laughs> what? Gather around. Let me tell you a tale of the horny woman. <laughs> Who got lost at sea? <laughs> now my pirate voice is coming. In. Um, <laughs> the first one. Um, and also, oh wait, um, let's hear what Jake, the Midnight Traveler, has to say about Mr. Kennedy, Mr. Crenna, the cast of Death Ship, and the story itself. Case and Carrie, isn't every cruise ship just a few tiny mishaps away from being a Death Ship? Greetings, my fiendish friends of fright. It's Jake. The Midnight Traveler here to tell a tale of the seven seas where things go weird, wrong, and downright wacky. <laughs> yes, years before Juliana Margulies threw her hat into the ring, we have the Canadian classic Death Ship, which is probably way more fun than you remember. Now, the best and worst thing to happen to our generation is social media. Its omnipresent reach into our daily lives is truly never-ending. And so is the bullshit that can come with it. Ads, misinformation, friends and relatives and other people that you thought you'd left behind after graduation now coming back to annoy the hell out of you are but a mere taste of the awfulness that it can bring. However... Some of those weirdos that you have collected over the years, like albums, band shirts, STDs, and arrest warrants, can turn you on to stuff you might have missed. Well, this was the case when it came to Death Ship. Now, I had just found my way back to Austin about a decade ago. The second time there was vastly different from the first. And the only saving grace to the loneliness and rampant mental illness was my creativity. Never have I just created so much during those long, solitary nights off of Riverside at the edge of the woods in that apartment complex that mainly catered to college students and down on their luck 20 to 30-somethings, which was me. Unless I had a gig... My nights were full of taking in as many movies as I could, and with a pretty solid internet connection, I took advantage. I think it was Dean, the uh, bassist for the Dictators NYC, who talked about this one day on his feed, and after a little research, I knew I had to see this little ditty we were speaking of tonight. When I saw that Richard Crenna and George Kennedy were heading up the cast, I was excited. I think that those two men are vastly underrated in the world of cinema, and while not so much for Crenna, Kennedy did make a few good horror films in his time, and this is definitely one of them. I mean, come on, people. The premise of the movie is that, quote, the ship is possessed by the spirits of its long-dead crew and hunts other boats in its path, destroying them and luring the survivors on board to kill them and feed on their blood. How can you not dig that concept? And, since it was made at the dawn of the 80s, you know that it totally avoided the CGI disasters that wreaked havoc on those films down the road. 
The effects are practical, and the kills are unique and fun. Hell, one of them might also serve as the best anti-candy ad ever made, without giving too much away, that is. I will keep it light on what actually goes down on this mainly because I know that most of you out there miss this one, and I don't want to reveal too much of what happens, but who knows what truths you've told already, Case and Carrie. But I can say that Kennedy gives what might be one of the surliest performances ever committed to celluloid. Right from the first time you see him on screen, you know chances are that if something exists then George Kennedy is pissed at it. He makes his red Leary character from Thunderbolt and Lightfoot look like a damn emo kid, for goodness sake. Man, this movie is just so much fun. While not too scary, or at least not as scary as any cruise ship experience you can take, this is a good one that you can riff on like a smartass or just take it in as the goofy treat that it really is. I think I will wrap it up here. I got this massive headache from these voices in German that just won't stop bugging me. Halt bitte die Klapp, ihr Eischholer. Ich bin nicht ihr Kapitan. See you next midnight, Jake. Jake, can always count on you to add to our perspective of movies like Death Ship. Thank you. <sighs> and let me tell you a tale of the of the boy who wanted to pee all the time on a death ship. Um, the ghost ship poem by Sean chronic. <clears throat> I'm going to clear my throat and get some Dr. Pepper for this one. Don't make me start spitting out. So it out of my mouth. <laughs> okay. A cold wind whipped across the bay. There had been a rising storm all day. Oh, this night of gloomy seas. The ghost ship appears, a ship lost with all souls for 100 years. The dark sails on the high, strong masts blow broadly with the icy gale's blasts. Its wooden body cuts through waters black, for this is the night this ship comes back. A moaning sound surrounds the spectral boat. A moaning sound from many a dead wet throat. A thick fog creeps along the deck and its doomed crew after the wreck. Rotting faces reveal true horror and fear of pitiful screams and sobbing of tear. Through broken clouded sky a full moon shines. The ship now gone no screams, no whines. The winds drop and the fog does lift. The ghost ship gone, no more adrift. In 100 years, it will again haunt the sea. But until that dark day, it will RIP. And again, guys, that was the ghost ship poem by Sean Chronic. I like that. That was just simple, simple and fun. And listen, sometimes poems just need to be simple and rhyme. I'm not an English or advanced lit expert. Definitely not an English expert because I can't at all ever. But I <clears throat> I like that one. It reminds me of the movie The Fog. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Okay, so this next one called The Visitor by Ian 
Serralier. Yes. Sorry if I mispronounced that. Mm-hmm. S-E-R-R-A-I-L-L-I-E-R. Yeah. Serralier. Serral, you you Serral. said it better than me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A crumbling churchyard, the sea and the moon. The waves have gouged out grave and bone. A man was walking late and alone. He saw a skeleton on the ground. A ring on a bony finger he found. He ran home to his wife and gave her the ring. Oh, where did you get it? He said, not a thing. It's the loveliest ring in the world, she said. As it glowed on her finger, they slipped off to bed. At midnight, they woke in the dark outside. Give me my ring. (laughs) That took me right out of it. I love you, but do holy cow. (laughs) What was that, William? What did it say? Don't worry, my dear. It'll soon go away. I'm coming. A skeleton opened the door. Give me my ring. It was crossing the floor. What was that, William? What did it say? Don't worry, my dear. It'll soon go away. I'm reaching you now. I'm climbing the bed. The wife pulled the sheet right over her head. It was torn from her grasp and tossed in the air. I'll drag you out of bed by the hair. What was that, William? What did it say? Throw the wing through the window. Throw it away. She threw it. The skeleton leapt from the steel. She scooped up the ring and clattered downhill. Fainter and fainter. Then all was still. Moral of the story? That rings true to me. (laughs) Womp womp. So Carrie, um, just dawned on me that uh, I'm going to have to break up the last one. My last poem there, after you read the next one, I'm going to have to break it up into multiple episodes. (laughs) This this sucker's like 20 pages long. The last one. Gracious. <clears throat> Don't ask me why I picked that one. Probably because I thought it was hilarious how long it was. Okay. So you're going to read. What's the next one, Carrie? The Ghost in the Puddle by Richard McWilliam. Mm-hmm. Okay. And it qualifies because puddle is water. You're yes, welcome. <laughs> the ghost in the puddle looked out with dark eyes, its mouth shimmering, stretching, making small cries. Faint, faint like a sigh on a breeze. I heard its despair, its tormented pleas. I'm trapped in this mirror and only you see. Dive in and help. Won't you please rescue me? Faint, faint, dark in its eyes. I felt my feet fading, heard its thin cries. Struggled to hold myself free from its grip. Felt my mind shaking, felt my mind slip. Faint, faint, were the words in my head. Do something now, or your soul will be dead. Faint, faint, my mind in a whirl. I heard in my head, 
get the water to swirl. But nothing would move. My limbs were like lead, and I battled the ghost with my weak mind instead. Faint, faint, the two of us fought, my life in its grip, my feet in its court. The splash of a puddle, the ghost-dark domain, a kingdom that neither of us wanted to gain. Faint, faint, but the sun was now high, my feet were transparent, the ground nearly dry. Trapped as the water shrank into a dot, I faded to nothing right on the spot. <laughs> I like that one. <clears throat> that feels like it could be like in a book of Poe tales or something. Yeah, where he gets trapped inside this puddle and he can't get out. And slowly fading away. Yep. Um, I'm going to start a very, very long piece of poetry by a gentleman of the name Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. And the name of this piece is The Building of the Ship. <clears throat> Let me chronicle the entire process of the shipbuilding. Build me straight, a worthy master, stench and strong, a goodly vessel that shall laugh at all disaster and with wave and whirlwind wrestle. The merchant's word delighted the master heard, for his heart was in his work, and the heart give grace unto the every art. A quiet smile played round his lips as the eddies and dimples of the tide play round the bows of ships that steadily at anchor ride. And with a voice that was full of glee, he answered, ere long we will launch, a vessel as goodly and strong and staunch as ever weathered a wintry sea. And first with nicest skill and art, perfect and finish in every part, a little model the master wrought, which should be to the larger plan. What the child is to the man, its counterpart in miniature, that with a hand more swift and sure, the great labor might be brought to answer to his inward thought. And as he labored, his mind ran o'er the various ships that were built of yore. And above them all, and strangest of all, towered the great hairy crank and tall, whose picture was hanging on the wall, with bows and stern raised high in the air, and balconies hanging here and there, and signal lanterns and flags afloat, and eight round towers like those that frown from some old castle looking down upon the drawbridge and the moat. And as he said with a smile, our ship, I wis, shall be of another form than this. It was of another form indeed, built for freight and yet for speed, a beautiful and gallant craft, broad in the beam that the stress of the blast, pressing down upon sail and mast, might not the sharp bows overwhelm, broad in the beam but sloping aft, with graceful curve and slow degrees, that she might be docile to the helm, and that the currents of parted seas, closing behind with mighty force, might aid and not impede her course. In the shipyard stood the master with the model of the vessel that should laugh at all disaster, and with wave and whirlwind wrestle, covering many a root of ground, lay the timber piled around, timber of chestnut and elm and oak, and scattered here and there with these, the gnarled and crooked cedar knees, brought from regions far away, from Pascuala's sunny bay and the banks of the roaring Roanoke. Ah, what a wondrous thing it is to note how many wheels of toil, one thought, one word can set in motion 
And I'm going to stop there because that's one sixth of this whole piece of poetry. <clears throat> so guys, that wraps it up. We're going to keep this one lean and mean for horror, etc. Carrie, uh, any other thoughts about death ship or ship poetry? Um, you know, there's one other movie that comes to mind that we both did like that's regarding a ship. Yes. Notable Mention. Is that the name of the movie, Notable Mention? No. It sounds artistic. The Count of Monte Cristo. Ooh, yes, but that's not a horror movie. I mean, there's personal horrors experienced by the Count. He gets imprisoned wrongfully. Yes. Because he can't read. That's a great one. And I really love the one with, um, what? (laughs) Okay. Okay. It's still not horror though. Okay. Edmund Dantes gets framed. Yeah. Uh, what is his name? Cavill? The actor? Yeah. uh... Henry? Who's the actor who plays the count? Oh no, that's Superman. Superman, (laughs) Jeez. Caviezel. James Cavill. Oh my God, Didn't Henry Cavill and James. Yes. yes, he did. Um, and then who's the bad guy in that Count of Monte Cristo? By Dumas. I always used to say Alexander Dumbass. <laughs> I always said that. I was such a jackass. Still am apparently. Um, um, Guy Pierce. Yes. Guy Pierce plays the bad guy in that one. He played a very good villain. There's some horror movies with Guy Pierce out there. There's a Civil War one where there's cannibals. So, feels like Guy Pierce has been in a little bit of everything. He's been in Iron Man three, which we can skip over. I don't need to see Iron Man three again. <clears throat> um, guys, that wraps it up for horror, etc. Like we said, next week is the talented, intelligent. Purdy, Micah Monroe, and her douchebag husband, not the actor, the character, <laughs> um, who is not convinced that there is somebody watching her. Mm-hmm. And guys, in closing, sometimes you just feel like somebody's watching you. Who could it be? The IRS? 